0: All right, what's up, everybody, and welcome back to Babylon Talmud, episode two, Mesech de Brachos, Daf Gimel. It's a bit of a rainy day, rainy afternoon here in Ubud, Indonesia. Uh, Just a few minutes ago, I was caught up in this rainy afternoon, but no longer, no longer. So, so today we're learning uh, Daf Gimel of Brachos. We're going to start on Daf Gimel about four lines into the page by the two dots and without further ado here we go friends Ad oh. so rabbi eliezer said that you can read kriyashma um from it well The was machlok is about when he says you can start so let's figure out when you can start but regardless of when you start whether it's from uh shmashos or from and he says that you can read kriyashma until the end of the first watch okay and now we're going to talk about this whole watches thing a little bit so my kasav is there what's everybody's opinion if his opinion is that the night consists of um three of these watches well okay so assuming that the night is 12 hours so if there are three watches each watch is four hours well then just say you have you can read for the first four hours of the night now um, an important note about hours in the Gemara, and we're going—you know—these hours are going to come up a lot in Masekh de Brachos. These hours that we're talking about are not 60-minute hours that each minute consists of 60 seconds. That's not the hours we're talking about. The hours that we're talking about are what's called Shoad Zmaniot, Shoad Um What Shoad are is that you basically take the length of the day, which in the uh, winter it will be shorter, during the summer it will be longer, right? Meaning, you basically take the daylight hours, okay, from dawn till dusk, or, wh- or however you want to say, from neitzachamen till shkia, from alosa shachar till whatever that is, right? Machlokas. You it's even talk about machlokas, like the gray and Rabbeinu Tamar or something. I can't really remember, let's be honest. But the point is, is that what a shows manios are, are that you basically take the daylight hours and you divide them by twelve, okay? So let's say in the winter, there's like, just to make things easy, there's 18 hours of night and six hours of day. So that would mean that each night hour is actually an hour and a half, and each day hour is actually, um, you know, 45 minutes, right? So, so, so that's what these uh, shows manios are. So, so what we're saying is that so, so no matter what, the night is going to consist of 12 hours, right? 12 shows manios hours, and the day is going to consist also of 12 hours, right? 12 shows manios hours. So. Therefore, what the Gemara is saying is that assuming that the night is made up of 12 hours, okay, 12 shows manios. So, if, the, if there are three mishmahos dur- during the night, right, these mishmahos that we talked about yesterday, where the angels um, do their service and sing, if there are three of these, well, then, oh, whoa, there's a little gecko guy. Oh, you can probably see it right there all right geckos exciting so um if there are three mishmaros in the night well then each one is going to be four hours so why not just say um that you can recreate for the first four hours and from let's say for four hours why wow, the gecko is, doesn't move so good I wonder why not who knows wow that's a weird moving gecko i don't think you guys can even see it it's out of the frame okay so that's the question Okay? And if, you, and if Rabbi Dezer's opinion is that you can read Kriyashma for... Uh, right, 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 that the uh, uh, night consists of four of these Mishmaros. Well, then that means that each Mishmar, twelve divided by four, is three. So each Mishmar is three hours. So let him just say that you can read Kriyashma for the first three hours of the night. So the Gemara answers, Okay, so Rabbi Lezir's opinion is that the night consists of three mishmaros, which means that each mishmar is four hours. So why doesn't he just say four hours? When he says, by saying that you can read Kriyashma uh, until the end of the first mishmar, what he's telling us is the Ika Mishmaros Barakia, Ika Mishmaros Ba'ara. Oh. Is he's telling us that there, yeah, there are these mishmaros in the heavens, right, where the angels do their, you know, service and sing their songs. But there are also mishmaros that happen on the earth themselves. And if you would only say that, um, you know, you have four hours to re well, then I would have to look at my watch and say, okay, when four hours is up, it's too late. But what he's saying is that there are actually indications in the world that you can say, oh, wow, that just happened. That must mean that the mishmar is changing, even if you don't have a watch. Let's see. as We learn it by my Amayazak to Shalosh mishmaros, a Okay? The... Um, Rester Bedezer says that the uh, night consists of three of these watches, okay? And on each of these three Mishmaros, the abishter sits and he cries out like a lion, he roars like a lion. As the Pasuk says, That the abishter from above, he roars, he cries out. Right, And from his um holy abode he, gi- he he gives his voice. Shog Yishag Al and he cries out Al Naveu. Naveu is the Besamikdash, his home. Okay. And Zeo, so, so it says in that postage, um the Sha'ag three times, right? It says Shem mimarum yishag and then it says Sha'og shag al Naveu. So it says three times, which means that there's three um Mishmaros, but also he talks about mimarum Mishag, which is above, then he also talks about Shog Yishag Al Right, we, and the is below. It's the base of mikdash. So we see that there are three mishmaros, and that there are mishmaros above and also below. And he says, Visim and the simon the davar. What are these, you know, signs of the changing of the mishmar at night? That even if, I, even if I don't have a watch, you know, I'll still have be able to tell by these indications that the mishmar is over. So mishmar rishona. So how do I know the simon for the first mishmar? And we'll talk about in a second if it's the beginning of the mishmar or the end of the mishmar. But how do I, what's the simon for the first mishmar? Chomr noer, a um, donkey that, like, I assume, it, he haws. Shnea the sign of the second mishmar is that dogs are, I assume, barking or crying out. Shlishis, and the sign of the third mishmar is tinokyonik mishte'imo, that a baby is nursing from its mother, v'ishi m'saperis m'bayla, and a woman is talking with her husband. Oh, very good. So if... Rabbi Eliezer would just say, you have four hours to read Kriyashma. Okay, so I could look at my watch and see four hours is up, Kriyashma is over. But by saying that you have until the end of the first Mishmar, well, that invokes the question Is well, how do I know when the first Mishmar is over? And then it's like, well, actually, good question, good thing you asked. Because there are actually indications on the earth uh, of, of when these things are. And, you know, the donkey and uh, the dogs, the woman. Michael Koshif, Rabbi Eliezer. So, what is... Rabbi Eliezer, when he talks about these um, mishmaros, right, so what is he saying? So if he is saying that these indications are the beginning of the mishmar, right? So basically, you know, when you hear that donkey he hawing, that means it's the beginning of the first mishmar, okay? Well, why do I need a sign to tell me when the first Mishmar is beginning? I know when the first Mishmar is beginning. Basically, the donkey is going to hee at the at yesuk Like, I don't need the donkey hee And if he is um, telling us that all these indications happen at the end of each Mishmar, of each mishmar well, well, why do I need a siman for the end of the last Mishmar? Um, it's daylight. When it's daylight, so I know that that last mishmar of the night is over, right? So, Sof Mishmar Rishona, no, so what he's saying, the donkey he is an indication of the end of the first mishmar. And I guess that's also, you know, an indication of you better hop around and read Kriyashma. And the baby nursing and the woman speaking with her husband is an indication of the beginning of the last mishmar. And what is the dog barking? That's a reference to the um, middle, the dog barks in the middle of the middle mishmar of the night. Or if you want, I'll say. No, all of them are at the end of the mishmar. So the donkey, he haws at the end of the first mishmar. The dog barks at the end of the second mishmar. And the baby's nursing and the women are talking to her husband. Um, at the end of the third Mishmar. I. why do I need an indication of the end of the third Mishmar? I see it's light out. So, And if you're going to tell me, well, then I don't need an indication at the end of the last Mishmar of the night. It's daytime. So, why, How come I need to know this indication of the uh, child nursing and the woman talking to her husband? So if you have a person who's sleeping in a room that doesn't have any windows. So he doesn't see that it's light outside and he wants to know, can I, can I say kriyashma or not? So Once he sees, ah, you know, his wife is talking to him and uh, she's nursing the baby. So he can get up and read kriyashma. Oh, very good. Very, very good. Let me just hop a stick of water over here. Okay, let's go weiter, friends. Let's go weiter. Omer of Yitzchak bar Shmuel, Mishmei Rab. So, Zohok of Yitzchak bar Shmuel in the name of Rab. Gimel Mishmaros HaVe Alayla. Okay, the night consists of three Mishmaros. Okay, that could be the Ezer. Fine, very good and on each one of these Mishmaros, Ari. The Abishhturh he cries out, he roars like a lion. The Omar and he says, Oy levonim, woe is to the children, that in their sins, that due to the on account of their sins, I have destroyed my house, my abode, my Besamikdash, and I, I burnt my my my, my sanctuary and i exile them amongst the, amongst the nations of the world now there's a different gears over here which is actually kind of stickle nicer you know it doesn't it puts a little bit less blame on us right chebon vone chebonosem than in their sins so there's a different gears that says oi that i destroyed my 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 house my home misrafti sechali, and burnt my my sanctuary ecclesias bona the and i and i um, um, exiled my children amongst the nations of the world. In that case, you know, it's, uh, the, uh, it's all put from the perspective of the Abishtar, that he's feeling sorry for having um, um, exiled us. But either way, very good. Vaiter in Shas. Tanya, Om so we learn in Ebrisa. The said, One time I was traveling. One time I was traveling and he came, I don't know, whatever, whatever he felt that, you know, it was time to daven. So he saw that on the side of the road epis there was a, a, a um, khurva, like an abandoned house, a broken down house from the destructions of Jerusalem. And he figured, let me just, you know, duck in there and daven. But Eliyahu oh. So Eliyahu came. And he waited for me by the door of, the chorva. After I completed he waited until I finished my tefillah. La'achas I completed and after I finished my prayer, Amrli, the Yavanavi said to me, Shalom Aleichem, Rabbi. Peace unto you, my teacher. Ve'amartilo. So I, Rabbi Yossi, I said to the Yavanavi, Shalom Aleichem, Rabbi Umar. Oh, peace unto you, my teacher, and my Mentor, I guess. and he said to me, Bini, my son, how come you went into this khurva? Ama'tilo, I said to him, this pala. said, I went in because I wanted to daven. and he said to me, You should have just daven on the road. You shouldn't have gone into that churva. You should have davened on the road. V'omertilo, and I said to him, you know, I explained to him why I made the decision to go into the Churva. I said, I was nervous. be I didn't want that the people who were traveling should 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 interrupt me. I figured I'll just go into this Churva, daven quietly, but and then I'll go back to, to travel. The omrilli and Ilionavi said to me, Oh. So Eliyahu Navi told me, look. You shouldn't have gone to the chuppah. You should have stayed on the main road. And you're concerned that people will distract you. You should have just davened a uh, a, a, a an abridged prayer, right? There's something called havineinu, which we're going to learn about a little bit later, um, in about you know three and a half weeks for those who stick around. It's a reward. So 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 Eliyahu Novi said, look, you should have done this abridged version of tefillah. And Rabbi Yossi says, At that moment when, you know, through this story, this incident with Eliyahu and Avi, I learned three things. Okay, A, I learned that we don't go into these um, destroyed structures. I also learned that, right, that um, we can pray on the road while we're traveling. And I learned that somebody who davens on the road, he should do an abridged Tfila. Okay? And then Eliyawan Abbi said to me, Bini, my son, Makol Shamata what voice did you hear when you were inside that structure? I said to him, I heard a voice from heaven that sounded like a dove. The Omeris and saying what we said a few lines ago. And Eliyahu um, Novi said to me, No, no. So I, I said to him, I heard this baskal that said, You know, woe is to the children that in their sins I destroyed my house and um, burnt my sanctuary and exiled them amongst the nations. The Amalei and Eliyahu and Obi said to me, to Rabbi Yossi, your life and the life of your head, Losha This is not the only time that this voice comes out from heaven and says this. El yom every single day, shalosh three times a day, omereskhah. There is a voice that comes from the um, Heavens, and and says this. And not only this. When the Yidden go into but synagogues and but um, places of study, right? And I guess I guess they say I guess in 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 Kaddish, although. I don't know what the indication is uh, for a base Medrash, I don't know, because maybe they're davening the bes Medrash, or maybe ba- maybe it's just saying, like, you know, every time that they praise God's name in, in a bes Medrash, maybe. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, when the Abishter nods his head, and he says, HaMelech, BeVesokach, Praiseworthy is the King, that they praise him in his house like this, i.e., right, when, when the Yidden would do this in the Beis HaMikdash, what does it say for a father who has exiled his children? And what was to the children that they were exiled from upon the table of their father? Wow. Yeah, a difficult situation, right? A parent has to exile a child. I mean, that's not a suya that I'm uh, personally very familiar with, but I do remember one time uh, being with a mother who had to um, a, 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 a kick a naughty child out of the house, and it was very, very difficult for everybody. Okay, let's go weiter right in Shas. Two lines from the bottom of Kim Moralev. Tana the rabbis, me ma me the There are three reasons why we do not enter into a one of these abandoned, destroyed um, structures from from Yerushalayim. Here are the three reasons. Right. Number one is um, because of suspicion. Right. The question is why is why is uh, going over to this destroyed structure? What's he doing in there? Which prostitute is waiting for him? Darton? Number two is it's, it's it's a it's a it's a hazard. It's a security risk. Right. It could fall down. This is you know it hasn't been cleared by some kind of government agency some kind of iriyah to say that this is a safe dwelling. Right? It can, it can fall down. We don't want you going into an unsafe structure. And there are like evil spirits over there. The evil spirits can get you. And we don't want the evil spirits to get you. Okay. Says the Gemara, So the question is, who cares about chashad? Why don't you just leave out, like why, why do we need three reasons? Why don't you say this? say, don't go into structure because structures are, are unsturdy. They're insecure. They could fall down on you. Done. You don't need chashad. You don't need maziken, Right? So my answer is the top of Gimel Amun Be'ez the chadate. Uh Well, because what if it's a it's a recent churva, and the structure that um, remains is is sturdy? So in that case, there wouldn't be a concern about mapolis, but still, like don't go there because of the chashad. We don't want people to be getting the wrong idea about um, what you're doing over there. Okay. Okay. But, so what? Okay, fine. So it's a sur- sturdy structure, so we don't have to worry about mapolis. Great. But let's still say that don't go to the structure because there are, like, these evil spirits. Like, why, still, why do I need to worry about chashad? Like, you still shouldn't be going there, even if it's a new structure because of these evil spirits that might be dwelling there. So the Gemara says betray. Well, it's talking about where um, you went to this um, um, structure with two people. Two people, Taka, went over there. Two people went over there. And whenever there are two people, so then the, um, the um, demons, the evil spirits, can't get two people. Only, only one person. So therefore, it's not an issue of Mazikin. And it's not because there's two people. It's not an issue of Mapolus because it's new. And we're saying it's only an issue of Chashad, of suspicion that maybe he's going to see a prostitute. But, I betray, mileka. But one second. If there are two people, then there's also not suspicion of, of, of prostitution because, um, as we say, that Yichud, uh, if there are two men, then there's no longer Yichud anymore. So, this wouldn't be Yichud. So, if we're talking about two people going to a new structure, well, then there's really nothing to worry about. The thing isn't going to fall down. Don't have to about, you don't have to worry about evil spirits, and it's not an issue of Yichud. So, that my answer is betray Ufritze. No, it's talking about two people who are, you know, shtikol uh, prutzim. We don't, we don't trust them, even if right, because we say that it's not yichud if it's two ksherim But these aren't ksherim these are two um, suspicious people. So therefore, you don't have to worry about demons because there's two of them. Lamaisa, you don't have to worry about falling down because there's mapoles uh, because it's new. Yet you would still have to worry about hashad. Okay, fine. So we need hashad. We need hashad because there could be a situation in which the, in which case in in which the only reason why you shouldn't go into this um, uh, churva is because of um suspicion of Znus. Fine. Mipneamapolis, we say, okay, but then why do we need Mapolis there? would it be let's say just be enough to have right? mazikin. Let's just say don't go into a churva um, because of chashad, of a uh, suspicion of 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 znus, and also because the thing um and also the because of the evil spirits and between those two things You know, don't, you would never go there. But you really don't have to, you know, there would never be a situation where, you know, don't go there because it might fall down on you. You wouldn't have to go there, you wouldn't be going there anyways because of the evil spirits and the, and the, um, you know, suspicion of Znus. So my answer is betray. If you have um, two people who go there and they're sharing, well then there's not going to be an issue of Mazikin, because um, there's two people, and there's not going to be an issue of Znos because they're two so therefore there's no yichud issues. The only reason why you shouldn't go there is because it might fall down on you. Okay. So then, finally, the last one to be interrogated is maziken. Why do we need to say not to go into a... Um, why do we need to say not to go into a churva because of maziken? right? chashad, Just say, don't go into the churva because of um, the chashad, the suspicion of znus, of uh, being inappropriate, and ma'polis, that, that the churva that the, that the might fall down. And between those two, you should never be going to a churva. Why do you need to say also, don't go to churva because of the mazik and these evil spirits? So the Gemara answer is, be khadate. So we're talking about, well, a situation where it's a new churva, so you don't have to worry about it falling down. Betray, and two kosher people, and therefore there isn't an issue of chashat because there's no yichud um, there, and the only reason why you shouldn't go there is because of mazik. But the Gemara asks, if Betray mazikin yeah, but if there's two people, well then there isn't going to be an issue of mazikin memela, memanav shach. Anyways, so the Gemara says No, not necessarily, um, because. Since you're going out to the places, to the Mazikin's place, right? To the Chorva, where the Mazikin hang out. So in that case, even if there are two people, the Mazikin could still have an effect. These evil spirits can still have an effect because you're going into their home. So, so they're stronger there. Okay. V'i the seima. Le'olem oh Okay, really it's talking about one person. Okay, it's talking about one person. U'v'chorva <speaking in Hebrew> chadate. And it's talking about a new Chorva. So you don't have to worry about Mapolus because it's a new Chorva. But this new Chorva is in a field. That in that case, you don't have to worry about mapoles because it's a new Chorva, so it's not going to fall down. You don't have to worry about Chashad because um, the prostitutes don't hang out in the fields, but you would have to worry about Mazikin um, because it's only one person. Okay, very, very good. Let's go weiter right and Shas the rabbi's taught, Arba mishmaru havi rabbi, O. Oh. So rabbi's opinion is that the night consists of four of these watches. Rabbi Nassan, Omer Shalosh. Rabbi Nassan says the night consists of three of these watches. My time Nassan, Hakim Rabbi Nassan says that the night consists of three of these watches. Dixiv, as the pasuk says, by Gidon. Gidon was one of the shoftim. And it says that when he went to fight Amalek, what does it say? Fa'yavu Gidon, Gidon came. U'me'a ish, asher ito, he came with a hundred men. Bikte Amachne, at the edge of the camp of the Amalek. Rosha Ashmoris atikhona boom. Right at the middle of the, right, 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 right at the beginning of the middle watch. So what that was talking about was that the uh, um, camp of Amalek, they would have, watches of guards every single night, right? They would have three of these watches of guards, and so Gidon, as, you know, sort of a, 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 a tactic of war, made sure to show up right when they were changing the guards. I guess it was a, a more insecure time. But, and I, I assume that, you know, based, I'm just kind of saying that based on sort of that puzzle that we had, you know, on the previous Omud that we saw today, right, where we said that there's Mishmaros in the Rakia and there's Mishmaros in the, in the land as well, so I guess we could say that just like there, are th- there were three Mishmaros in the night in the camp of Amalek, I guess there's also three Mishmaros uh, during the night above as well. And we say that from the fact that it says a tikhona, the middle watch, what's a middle? Middle implies three. You have a first, a last, and a middle. That is Rebbe Nassan's uh, argument for why he says that there are three Mishmaros in the night. You could skip the next word, right? That goes with Tzionim, which is something that comes in the Oz Adar versions of the Gemara, which I, I love, can't learn without it. Um, so they say you could draw the the Tana. it reads the shtickle better. Right? the That there is, you know, middle implies that there's one before and one afterwards, which is how um, he gets to the three mishmovs. The Rebbe, my tichona, oh, and then Rebbe says, you know, so, so how does he... Um, How does Rebbe understand this middle? Because Rebbe says there are four. There isn't really a middle when there's four, right? Middle implies three. So, uh, skip the next achas min, right? Because again, that goes with Tzionim. says you could skip those. It just makes it read better. Rebbe mai tichonah. What does Rebbe do with middle, which implies one before and one afterwards? Hatichona Shepatichonos. The middle of the middles, right? So what I understand that to mean is that basically if you have four mishmaros, so that means that there are two middle ones, right? Um... And then what we're talking about when it says that they got there in the, at, at the beginning of the middle watch, it means the middle of the two middle watches, i.e. in between the, in between the two middle watches. Rabbi Nelson, Rabbi Nelson responds to Rabbi, he says, doesn't say that they showed up by the tichonosh of the not what it says. It says that they showed up by the middle one. Middle means one before, one after, final answer. Says uh, Rabbi Nasan, And that's why Rabbi Nasan holds that there are three Mishmaros in the night. My time with the Rabbi. How does, where, how does Rabbi prove that there are four Mishmaros in the night? So I'm Rabbi Zerika, I'm Rabbi Ami, I'm Rabbi bin Levi. So, says Rabbi Zerika, in the name of Rabbi Ami. Who says in the name of Rabbi Yoshob and Levi? You guys hear the roosters? Maybe. Kosub Echor Omer. Khatsuz lailo akum lhodos loch amishpteit Oh. One pasuk can tell him, David Melech says that I wake up chatzos alayla. At chatzos, I wake up. lehodos to praise you, uh, to thank you, hamishpatei tzidkecha, on the uh, uh, justice, on your um, righteous justice that you have made with my enemies. Okay? So, basically, David Melech got up at chatzos, okay? And another pasuk says, kidmu e'nai ashmuros. That when I got up, which we just said was at chatzos, it was... Kidwene ashmuros, right? Two mishmaros, i.e., that when he got up at Chatzos, there were still two more mishmaros in the night, which means that halfway through the night when he got up, there were still two more, which means that they already passed two more, i.e., a total of four mishmaros, and, and, and that's what Davin is saying. That's Rebbe's argument. Hakezad, says the Gemara, mishmaros, Arba mishmaros, Ave Alaila. It must mean that there are four mishmaros in the Laila. Verebi Savla Savala so, Rabbi Nassan holds like Rabbi Yoshua. Oh, very good. So, you have to kind of hold, hold you have to hold kap a little bit over here. It's not too bad, but just hold kap shtikel. It's not. Rabbi Yoshua Omer says Rabbi Yoshua ad shal. shaus So, Rabbi Yoshua says that you could read Kriyashma until the third hour of the day. Again, these are shaus manios, right? But until the third hour of the day, okay? So, that means basically you could read Kriyashma in the morning for Hour one of the day and hour two of the day. Hour three already, it's too late. So basically you really have two hours of the day to read Kriya Shema. Okay. Why? Why can you read Kriya Shema up until the third hour? Because at the third hour, that's when the kings get up. Oh, very good. So what's David HaMelech saying? David HaMelech is saying, What does it mean that he would get up you know, two mishmaros before the end of the night, Rabbi Nelson says, look, look, what he was saying is that he would wake up two mishmaros before the rest of the kings. Right? Whereas Rabbi says that he would wake up two mishmaros before the end of the night, so therefore that must mean that there were two more mishmaros left in the night, which means that there are four mishmaros, two already passed, there's two more to go. What Um, Rabbi Nasan is saying is that no, when it says that he got up and there were two more mishmaros left, it's not left in the night. It's two mishmaros left until until the other kings of the world were to wake up at, at the beginning of the third hour of the day. And therefore, going back to what we said, that the night consists of 12 hours, and he's waking up at Chatzos, that means that he's waking up after six hours, and there are six hours left in the night. And his friends, who are the other kings, are only getting up two hours into the day. So how many days? How many hours before the other kings is David and Melech waking up? Eight hours, right? Six hours left in the night, and then there's two hours of the morning before the other uh, kings start waking up. So basically, David and Melech was waking up eight hours before the other kings. Now remember, according to Rabbi Nassim, there are three mishmaros in the night, which means that each mishmar is four hours. So if he's waking up eight hours before the rest of the, the other kings, how many mishmaros of four hours fit into eight hours? Two. And that's what David Amelech is saying. That he would wake up at Chatzos, which was eight hours and two mishmaros, before um, the other kings. Got that? Good. Says the Gemara, first wide line of the page, Shis So. He would get up at Chatzos, and he would still have six hours left of the night. V'tarte diyamama, and then two hours of the day, and then finally the other kings would wake up. Havalu shte mishmaros. Eight hours is basically, according to Rabbi Nassan, two hour, two, eight hours is basically the equivalent of two mishmaros, which are each four hours. Very good. You guys got that? Good. Rav Ashi Yomar, Rav Ashi, Mishmaru ufalga, na mi karidu. has a little bit more of a, of a straightforward answer, which is that, you know, according to Rabbi Nassen, the night is consists of three mishmaros. got up which if it's halfway through the night, which if you say that the night consists of three mishmaros, so he got up a mishmar and a half into the night, which means that there was also one and a half mishmaros left. And there, and Ravashi says that when David WML says that he got up and there were still two Mishmaros left in the night, it doesn't mean two full Mishmaros. He says even one and a half Mishmaros is already enough to be considered uh, two Mishmaros. And that's what he meant when he said, Kidmu E'nai ashmuros. Oh, very good. Let's go weiter in Shas. Okay. The Rabizrika So once already we're talking about Rabbi Zrika, Amr Rabbi Ami, Who said that you know the whole thing with Chatzos Laila, Akum, right? The whole thing about getting up in Chatzos. So we, we quote another halacha of uh, Rabbi Zrika. who said the name Rabbi Ami. who send the name of Rabbi Yeshua Malavi. Ain When you're at a hesped, I assume that's what it means. When you're at a hesped, when you're at a funeral. Right, you should only be saying things related to the person who died. Okay. Amar kahana. lo All that really means is that you shouldn't be saying divrei Torah while the mace is there because the Meisim can't learn divrei Torah. And therefore it's not nice to be talking divrei in front of a mace who can't participate. Avamile But you know, you want to talk about, you know, sports? Talk about sports those who say, No, what it's saying is you can't even talk Div Torah in front of a mace because he can't participate. And of course you shouldn't be talking about sports in front of a mace. Okay. David Amelech would get up at midnight? What are you talking about? David Amelech would already be up from the beginning of the night. Right, he, 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 you know, he, he, he was up. He, he, I guess he wouldn't really sleep much. Dichsev, as the pasuk says, Kidamti va v'ashaveya. As the pasuk says, that I got up already Neshef. And we're assuming right now that neshef means Tesa uchavim. So already at the beginning of the night, he was already awake. V'ashaveya, and I, and I cried out the Bishter. We might die neshef or two. How do we know that neshef means... Um, says the beginning of the night that David Melch is saying that he got up at the uh, at says Akohavim to cry out to the Ebrester. The as the pasuk says, "B'neshev be'eruv yom bishonayla va'afela." Oh, that B'neshev be'eruv yom. We're saying that Neshef is be'eruv yom when 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 the when the day becomes night. That is what Neshef is. It's Tseis Akohavim. Oh. Amr Rav Oshaya, Amr Rav Acha. So says of Oshaya, says Rav Acha. Hachi ka Amr. This is what uh, David Amalek was saying. No, sorry. This is what um, this is what um, um, it means when it says that he got up at Chatzos, right? Meaning, because we just said that David Amalek already was up at the beginning of the night. He wouldn't just get up at Chatzos. So, so Ravushai says, "Name Acha." This is what it means when we say that he got up at You ready? No, what it means is, yeah, I was already awake at um, the beginning of the night, and I never would go past Chatzos and still be sleeping. I was always awake before Chatzos of the night, halfway through the night. Chatzos, layla, isnamnem, kisus. That until Chatzos, he was learning Torah. But he was a shtickle tired. He was, he was nodding off. He was kind of in and out. Kind of like a horse. A horse, I guess, doesn't really go to sleep. It just kind of dozes off throughout the night. So up until Chatzos, David Melch was kind of like dozing off uh, while he was learning. Mikan ve'elach, from Chatzos and on, from midnight and on, Haim Gaber, Ka'ari, would Mamish you know, strengthen himself like a lion. Ravashi, Omar, said Ravashi, until midnight, he would learn. He would learn until midnight. And then from um, midnight until dawn, he would be um, involved with song and praise for the second half of the night. The Gemara now asks, V'neshef ortehu? Is neshef really? Tzasek ho'chavu? Ha neshhef Neshef is actually the morning. Dixiv, as the Pasuk says, that when David... Oh no, oh gosh, I messed up, sorry. Gidon, earlier in the page, was not going to fight against Amalek. He was going to fight against Midian. David HaMelech was fighting against Amalek. And when it says over here, right, so it says, I came David Arab. It says that by Amalek, David uh, smote them from the Neshef until the evening, right? The until until the next day. So, my love, Mitzafra Adelia. What does it mean? From the Neshef until the evening. From some what it means from the morning until the evening, which means that Neshef is the morning. So the Maor says, "Lo, vad urta. No, it just means from nightfall to nightfall. Nightfall today until nightfall tomorrow. Daven Melach was 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 chasing them the entire time. But if that's the case, then shouldn't the be consistent and say that David HaMelech, uh, you know, smote them from Neshef until Neshef or from Erev until Erev? Why does it say from Neshef until Erev? That, doesn't that sound like it should be two separate things? So Ela Amarava Trey Nashvei Havu There are two types of Neshef actually. Neshef leil Asi There's a Neshef which comes at the end of the night right before the day starts. Right? And then there's a neshef which comes at the end of the day and um, right before the night starts. And I guess that when it says the Davin Amelech was already right, when, when it says, Kidamti um, beneshev v'ashaveya, right, that already I was awake, beneshef, so that's referring to the neshef that comes at the end of the day right before the um, night begins. Oh, very good. Did David Melech really know when midnight was? Hashta Moshe Rabbeinu Even Moshe Rabbeinu was unable to calculate when midnight was exactly. Right? And the assumption being that if Moshe Rabbeinu couldn't calculate when midnight is exactly, certainly then David Melech couldn't. Dixiv, as the Pasuk says, Kachatsoh ani yotze it says by Makas um, B'choros that around midnight time I'm going to go out uh, to Mitzrayim and do the My B'choros. What does it mean when Moshe Rabbeinu says that around midnight I'll go out to Mitzrayim? If you're going to tell me that the Abishter that Hashem said around Chatzos, because Hashem doesn't even know how to calculate midnight. Is that really true? Does God have a doubt of when chatzos is? If God wants to know what to calculate chatzos, so calculate chatzos. No, rather, Hashem told Moshe, at chatzos, I'm going to do makas v'choros. ihu, and then Moshe Rabbeinu said, ve'omar kachatzos. He said, kachatzos, because Moshe Rabbeinu wasn't entirely able, you know, perfectly able to calculate midnight. So therefore we see that Moshe Abenu didn't know exactly when Midnight was. And yet David Amelech knew when Midnight was. So check this out. David Amelech created technology. Yeah, you're right. He was unable to know exactly when Chatzos was. He couldn't just eyeball it. But he created technology that told him when Chatzos was. What was his technology? I mean, didn't create a computer over here, but he created something. The Rav Acha barbizna Amr Reb Shimon Chasida. De'avacha barbizna said, in the name of Rav Shimon Chasida, Kino lemala mimitaso There was a harp that was hanging above the bed of David. and when midnight would come, Baruch tzfonis minoshavaz bo, Meela. A northern wind would come, blow on the harp. The harp would then, you know, play up as something. And David Melech would know, oh, now it's Chatzos. So even though he couldn't eyeball it, he created a contraption that would tell him when Chatzos was. And then, Patora. Immediately he would get up and Oseh Patora, which is, of course, is different than um, Rav Ashi, who said that until Chatzos be'osig Patora. Here we're saying that, at Chatzos, when his contraption told him that it was Chatzos, he would he would then get up and be also with Torah. A cha'ullah Amuras Shachar. He would learn Torah until dawn. Came Sha'Allah Amuras Shachar, and then what would happen at dawn? Niknusukhach me israel etlo, the um wise men, the sages of Israel, would then um you know visit David Amelech. Armulah they said to him, Adunainu Amalek, Am Khri Sot Srichin Parnassa, they said, Nu our master the king. Um, uh, your, your nation, Israel, needs parnossa. It needs uh, a, a live, you know, sustenance. It needs money. So he said to them, "New. No, so let them do business with each other. No, this guy will be a locksmith. This guy will be a blacksmith. This will be a guy will be a goldsmith or a doctor or whatever it might be. You know, and then they'll do business with each other and, and they'll support each other. So They said to him, look, a handful of food is not enough to feed a lion. I never knew how to translate this properly, and I still don't know how to translate this properly. But from what I understand from Rashi, basically what it means is that if you have a, a pit that you want to fill up, you can't just take things out of it and put it back into it. It's never going to get filled that way. You have to have external resources. You have to be able to take... Um, um, you know, dirt or whatever from outside in order to fill up the pit. And what they're saying is, you know, just doing business amongst ourselves is not going to create new wealth and it's not going to be able to support, you know, anim who don't have any wealth. It's not going to be be able to support new people who are born. Things like that. So I guess it's an interesting economic kind of observation. So, Amar Lohem, Dabar Melech said, All right, well, if that's the case, then we've got to go to war and loot some neighbors. So, that was exactly the answer they were looking for. Miyad, immediately, Yoad'sim b'Achitofel, they would get advice from Achitofel about how they should, you know, go to war, strategy. they would ask the San Ejen um, for, their, for their blessing and that they should pray for them, as Rashi says. B'Urim they would ask, you know, by the choshen, they would ask if they were going to be successful in this war or not. Um, Amr of Yosef Mikra, Yosef says, what's a Pasuk that we learned this whole thing out about uh, that they would go to him and then they would ask advice and or in betum, that whole thing. As the Pasuk says, that first they would go to Achitofel and get uh, advice. Ben oh. Then after Achitofel would be Yoav. Okay. And we're going to explain what each one of these people are. So, Achitofel was the advisor that they would ask, you know, how should we go to war? Which side should we attack from? Etc. Omer. similarly, it says, V'atzas Achitofel b'yom yishal elokim. That asking Achitofel for his advice at that time was like you you asking, um, you know, God. You know, his, his advice that he would give was so sound. or. Then when it says, after Achitofel was B'nai Yahu who's B'nai Yahu Says the Gemara, B'nai Yahu B'nai Yodha is the Sanhedrin. B'nai is the Sanhedrin, as Rashi says, that he was the Av Bezdin. So that's the Sanhedrin. Ve'av That when the Pasuk says, that the Uras B'nai Yodha, V'ev so that was the Urim V'tumim. Omer. And similarly it says, B'nai Yahu Ala Kresi and it says that Bnei Ya'ob, who we said was the Sanejim, was Allah Kresi v'a Would Plasi. He would come before the Kresi and the placey, which is the Urim V'tumim. So first we would ask the and then we, then we would um, um, consult with the Urim V'tumim. V'la'am Krashmam Kresi Why do we call the Urim V'tumim Kresi V'f'lesi? Kresi Sh'koresim They're called Kresi because they kores, they, they, they cut their words. Their words are perfect. No more, no less. And place it because their words are, are wondrous. sar And then afterwards they would then go to the general and get ready for war. Let's just do uh, two more lines. Where do we have a Pasuk for all of the stuff that we just talked about with uh, the harp of David and you know, all that stuff? The it says, "Ura Kvodi right? May my kavod, which is is a reference to his soul, may my soul get up. Ura Neva v'chinor, right? May we awake the um, the ly- the 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 harp and the lyre. Ira uh, shachar, um, I will awake the morning. So we see that David and would wake up by this um, harp and stuff. So, shkaych everybody, um man. Of course, as always, if you have any questions comments. Can always reach me at the email or in the comments of the YouTube video or Spotify. Though I don't know if there are comments in Spotify, but yeah, cool. Cheers. Peace.